thank you for uh, joining our time on prayer. We're starting a journey. Uh, this journey will go for who knows how many sessions. Uh, so I'd like to uh, I like to start with a little prayer. Father, uh, we come to you and we ask that the words that we speak, the scriptures that are shared, would minister to our hearts and we'd be drawn into a closer, more intimate relationship with you, that you would be glorified in our lives and through our prayers. Amen. Well, I want to share a change, uh, a telephone call that changed my life. I was in uh, Sioux City, and I got a phone call from Dallas, Texas, and they asked me to speak at a prayer gathering. And I really struggled uh, because I, I said, you know, I, I pray, but I'm not a man of prayer, and I know men of prayer. And I began to say, well, try Mark Buback, try, you know, these different people that are known as men of prayer. Well, we've had them, we've had them, we've had them. And they ended up saying, uh, well, you're the one. Uh, our board prayed and your name came up and you're, you're the one we want to speak. And I'm going, oh, brother, I'm in trouble. Um, so I went home and I told my wife, who is a, a woman up here, I said, honey, you won't believe this, but I'm asked to speak in Dallas at a major prayer seminar. And she said, are they hard up for speakers? And I said, yeah, I think they are. You know, I just, uh, I can't believe it. Uh, and so what I did is I had a year to prepare and I began to look back on my life. And I think of the first church I pastored, uh, there was this um, fellow who worked uh, for a logging company and he was would come to our house to pray on Wednesday night prayer meetings. Um, and that's kind of sad that prayer meetings are no longer happening in a lot of churches. Uh, they are in small groups, but not at churches. And, you know, God said, or Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And yet we don't see the importance of it. Well, anyway, Phil would come and he was sit there and he would pray and he talked to the Lord as if the Lord was sitting in our kitchen. I've never prayed with anybody ever since that had that personal, unbelievable prayer. And you'd want to peek, where is the Lord? You know, it's like he's, oh, hi, I'm glad you showed up. It, it was wonderful to be with Phil. So I began to realize, well, here's a man, of, really a man of prayer. And God put him in my first church. Then um, I had different ones, but the next person that really spoke to him was Alan George, who was the president of CEF. And we had 130 some employees plus missionaries all over the world. And Alan George prayed for them. He had a system where he'd go through and pray for everyone and then start. We had new missionaries, he'd add them in. Uh, a real man of prayer. And then after Alan George left, uh, and went back to being a missionary, Reese Kaufman became president, and he was a man of prayer. And then I really got um, shot with a shotgun when I came to Sioux City, and I'm working for Mark Bubeck, <laughs> who is probably the most 
godly man of prayer I have ever met. Uh, Mark would pray and pray chapters of scripture. Unbelievable how he would pray. And tears had run down his cheeks. And he wasn't making a show. We were in his basement, a number of us meeting him with prayer. It was most, you peeked to see where Jesus was. Uh, it, it just was a beautiful experience. So I, I thought, well, I've been exposed to this. I need to start. And I went back to scriptures and began to mark all the prayers or instructions on praying, praying in the Bible. And the result of that uh, was a 670-page notebook on prayer. Um, and it's full of stuff. So God began to take me on a journey. And it's been a blessing. And I'm glad that I had to confront because I knew what prayer could be, but I knew what my prayer was. And it was, it was you know, more than now I lay me, but it wasn't that great of a prayer. And I'd like to, uh, for us today, it's kind of introductory type of thing of prayer. And I think um, we're going to use the Lord's Prayer because most believers know the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so you're familiar with it. I like the extended ending. Personally, it's in the King James that way. Some of the other translations chop it off. But I think it gives us a system of praying. Um, and so if you have a Bible, you can go to Matthew 6 um, and in Luke, both, both of them. But Matthew 6 has a little more. And I want to um, read what he says. First of all, he warns about praying like a hypocrite. You know, stand, you want to be heard, you want to be seen, uh, that kind of person. Don't, don't be that kind of person that is drawing attention to themselves through their praying. Um, you know, I've prayed with people with tears running down their cheeks. And it was not for a show. It was, it was not for people. It was just it was so special to them or they were praying uh, for a very sorrowful situation in their life or what have you. So let's look at this thing on prayer. There's so much on prayer. I had no idea when I began my prayer journey, uh, all the, how much of prayer I didn't even understand or even begin to look at. So in verse six, he says, when thou prayest, enter thy closet. Um, now the closet, you know, um, you don't want to pray in my closet because the clothes will get in the road, but it's talking about a place, a, a place where you can go and where be uninterrupted in praying. So whatever your prayer closet is, uh, a movie came out called the war room and the lady had a special place. I know people after seeing that made a special place to go pray. And that's what Jesus is saying, a place where you can pray. Now, Susanna Wesley, the mother of Charles and John, had uh, a lot of kids and she did not have a prayer closet, but she would sit in her chair and take her apron and put it over her head. And the children, when they saw that, became quiet. 
because mom was entering into the presence of God in the chair. That was her place. So if you have a place, it's it's wonderful. If you can, you know, if you can have a place to pray. Um, I know people have tried. I had a man in my church that tried to have a prayer place in his trailer. And so he went in the living room and they had goldfish. And so he's praying and he hears gloop, gloop, gloop. Gloop, gloop, as the bubbles are going up. <laughs> he never heard it before. He wants, and it was so distracting. He's going, oh, this was horrible. Gloop, gloop, I'm trying to pray. <laughs> you know, and it's just amazing the noises you will hear when you try to shut out noises. The, the, it's going on all the time, but you're not aware of it. But then when you want to be quiet before the Lord, um, you're going to find it's, it can be a battle. And so you need to do the best you can with what you have. Um, a beautiful thing is to go out in outdoors, I'll tell you, in backyard, uh, sit under the trees, the birds, but that doesn't hinder you. The birds just add to praying. Uh, or if you see animals, a uh, couple of churches I pastored, uh, you know, you walked a few blocks, you're in the woods, and it, the woods were not distracting, it was absolutely added to prayer. It's beautiful, the wind blowing through the pine trees and the the sound that the pine needles make with wind going through them, all of that, very conducive to sensing the presence of God. And that's the whole key here. Because when you want to start praying, the enemy doesn't want you to pray. And there's going to be all kinds of interruptions. The doorbell will ring, the phone will ring, people haven't called you forever are calling, or uh, the people that you owe money to, which you shouldn't anyway, shame on you. Uh, you know, just... It's just amazing that when I didn't realize that when I really want to get serious about prayer, really serious and developing an intimate relationship with God, all the hindrances that came and they were nice. I mean, it wasn't bad people coming. It was nice. People felt led to come and ring the doorbell or whatever. And uh, so don't don't be discouraged. I'm saying you're doing the right thing. If nothing discourages you, maybe you're not doing the right thing, you know, when you're starting out in a prayer life and closeness to God. So the first thing he says, if you have to have a place to go, uh, and then he says, when you enter that place, shut the door. And that's the distractions. We have material on our website on the secret place. And that's what we're talking about. Do you have a secret place where you can meet with God, where you will not be disturbed, where whatever you want to have, prayer list, prayer cards, whatever you want to do. Uh, and you're not going to be distracted because you're shutting out the world and you're shutting yourself into God. And so and we'll get into secret place. There's a lot of scripture on the secret place. And then God who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Well, yesterday I got a sad phone call from some friends, and uh, they had an unexpected death in the family, and it was rather tragic. And so this morning, my secret place was in bed. I love praying in bed. Now, if you go to sleep, that's not a good place. Uh, but there was a statement made, and if you're an older prayer person, you will understand the statement. It's called praying through. 
They don't use that anymore today. It's kind of old fashioned, but the idea is you pray until the burden's gone. And you just keep praying. You keep knocking on the door of heaven and say, Lord, this is my request. And uh, I ask God to give me a special promise that I could claim for this family. And it was that God is the comforter and he would comfort them in all of their needs. And as I prayed, because um, part of the family is in one state, the other is clear up in Alaska, which is kind of a long ways. But you know, God can answer prayer both places at the same time. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it was, but I kept praying and praying until the burden was gone. And I felt, yes, God is putting his arms around them as they walk through this difficult time for them. And that's called praying through. That's when the burden's gone. If the burden isn't gone, it means maybe you need to pray tomorrow because I had to come to the office because I had to do this website. Uh, and so, But God took the burden. Uh, not that I still don't care, but the idea of the heaviness that I had for this family is not like it was. It, God lifted that. Uh, there are times that, that you pray and there, there was a song we sang years ago. I believe the answer's on the way. You know, I believe the answer's on the way. So often, God will lift the burden, but the answer's not there yet, but he's working to bring the answer. So don't get discouraged uh, in learning to talk to the Father. And then close the door and to pray to the Father in secret. Because the Father is in the secret place, and he sees you in the secret place. And you pray and talk to him, and then he said that, that you will be rewarded. He'll reward you openly. You will get the answers to your prayers. God wants us to pray. Now, we've got to see that. Um, now, let's just go through the Lord's Prayer a little bit because that's what we're going to look at because it, it's a jumping point. But I'm going to read. I, I um, have the long version here. But our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life. You know, um, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation. And I put a little footnote here, putting the proof by experiment. You know, I don't, I don't need, I, I don't want to be tempted uh, any more than I have to be. And so, you know, I don't want to go there, Father, um, but how can I trust my spiritual strength or my armor of God if I'm not put in the battle at times? But I don't want to go there, but if the Lord leads me there, then I know he's with me. But deliver us from the evil one. It's the evil one. It's not just evil. It's, it's not the devil. You know, it's talking about our adversary, the enemy delivers from that for thine is the kingdom for thine is the power for thine is the glory forever and ever now i i just 
put some of the notes that I had on this uh, and just some ideas of the Lord's Prayer. And you can probably watch this again if you want to and take some notes because we have, uh, as I said, the, the prayer notebook we put together on praying is 600 and some pages. But this is just a few pages out of that on the Lord's Prayer. In fact, it's a whole section on the Lord's Prayer. But the first part of it's a prayer guide. So the first is my worshiping God. So the first section is worshiping God. You know, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, if you're not a child of God, you can't call him Father. And uh, when I was a child, I was taught a prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep and God bless grandma and grandpa. Uh, but I really, I mean, no, God hears a child's prayer, but I really, he didn't become my father until I was 19 years of age when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. So I can call him father. I have privileges because he's my father. I mean, you could come to my dad and uh, ask him for something. He may do it, he may not, because who are you? Uh, my dad was pretty private character. But if I went to my dad, I had it's a different kind of an approach because he was my father. He wasn't a stranger. The second aspect, so the first aspect of the Lord's Prayer is worshiping God. That's what we start with. See, the Lord's Prayer doesn't start with me and mine, you know, selfish, all, all this stuff. God, I need this. I need that. It starts with my focus on him. And you'll never have a meaningful prayer life if your focus is not on God instead of stuff and things. Okay. The second aspect of the Lord's Prayer is a surrender to God's will. So I want to worship him. And then secondly, I want to surrender to what God has for me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And you think of heaven, all the angels that are worshiping him and so on. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to realize how puny our worship was. Uh, you know, just hit and miss, very little. Uh, uh, I'm doing a, a major study on worship right now. And there is a difference between worship and praise. And we've settled for praise, which is wonderful, but we excluded worship. And that's not right, because in heaven, uh, there is more worshiping going on. He's being praised, but he's being worshiped high and lifted up and seeing him as God and so on. And then, I mean, here you have worshiping God, surrendering to God's will. The, second, the third thing to be in my prayer is necessary petitions, you know. Uh, this is your laundry list. Uh, Lord, we need this. We need that. Uh, we need to trust God. And it, it's so interesting. Uh, you know, the faith, your faith journey never stops. You know, I'm 87. I got one foot in the grave, the other over it, uh, you know, at the edge. Uh, but I still get tested in faith. It's so funny. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I think it's funny. Um, you may not, but uh, 
about a week ago or two weeks ago, I forget it was, our secretary gave us our checks and she said, don't cash them because there's not enough money in the bank. And I just smiled. God's going to take care of that. He's, he's going to take care of it. You know, maybe we don't have it now, but I'm not starving either. You know, God will give us my daily bread. Uh, although it talks about casting your bread on the waters, but that'd be soggy bread. So <laughs> I don't think that's what I want to do. But the idea is trusting him. You know, if you've never had a genuine, a real genuine need, you don't know what it's like to trust God. To see God move in unbelievable ways. Uh, you know, we'll get a gift because we don't ask for money. Uh, we'll get a gift from somebody that's never given before. And it's just what we needed for what we needed as we're praying, God, you know, take care of our needs. Uh, we're looking to you. We're not looking to people. We're looking to you to meet our needs. And then confessing of sin. And so we need ask God's forgiving us. And then we need to forgive others, uh, you know, our, our debtors and um, our debts. Uh, and I hope you don't have a lot of debt. Um, as, as I look at the world today, and I'm looking through old eyes because I remember way back when. But I don't think this is a time that you want to be greatly in debt. Um, the, I look back when we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor because everybody around us was poor. <laughs> so we, you know, low income family, but we had each other and we had fun and we had love and all of that. We had a pair of shoes. That was that. One pair, you know had a pair of jeans, and when they were being washed, I had to uh, be careful where I went. <laughs> I mean, we just, we just didn't have a lot, and I know my sister kept saying she could hardly wait till she got to be in junior high. She's probably watching this, and she could have two pair of shoes. <laughs> she didn't know girls had two pair of shoes, but she noticed girls wearing different shoes to school, and she only had one pair. Uh, but, you know, Today, we have so much of everything, and we're so ungrateful. And we had so little that anything we got, we were thrilled uh, and grateful. Okay. So, you know, pray for your daily needs. Pray for the daily needs of, of yours or your family and others. Um, the confession of sin. And then the deliverance from evil. You know, we do not want to be put to the test by experience. You know, Lord, I would rather not have to struggle with that. I'd rather not have to be exposed to that. Um, my wife was um, unique in a way, and she was very careful about giving the appearance of evil. And I was in the army, and uh, we were weren't engaged then. We were going together, and she wanted to have me for a spaghetti meal at her house, our apartment. Well, she had one of these apartments that has a bed in it and the kitchen. Everything is just one room. So 
she knew to have a fellow in her room could cause people to speak evil of her and as a believer. So she put a card table in the doorway and I sat in the hallway and ate my spaghetti and she sat in her room and fed me spaghetti so that her good would not be evil spoken of because she had a testimony of being a pure girl and she did not, I mean, she knew a lot of girls could care less, but she was very careful about giving the appearance of evil if she could not do that. So, you know, some people said, well, that's carrying it too far. Well, I'm glad she carried it too far. So do my daughters, <laughs> you know, she wanted them to, to uh, make it through their teen years and all that uh, being pure unto the Lord. Um, and then a leader, a deliverance from the, you know, the evil one, um, you know, he, uh, Bruce Wilkerson uh, said this, and I put a little quote here. He said, Lord, I can't cope with this today. You know, there's so much on my plate. This is too much. Please chase evil far away. <laughs> just don't, I don't need it knocking at the door. Yeah, just put it as far away. And then it ends coming full circle. So we started with what? Worship, surrender, making our petitions, confessing a personal sin, asking God's deliverance from situations, temptations that we don't want to face and so on, or don't want to get involved in. And then we come back to worship and praise again, full circle. Uh, for thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. So how do I, how can I surrender my prayer life or have a prayer life? Worshiping God, surrendering to God's will, making necessary petitions. Remember that's third. Usually, you know, we say, uh, you, you, you want to pray? No, I don't need nothing. You know, so I'm not going to pray. Well, that's third on the list of Jesus putting the list. He didn't say pray this. He said, pray like this. Structure your prayers like I'm telling you, and seeking deliverance from evil, worshiping and praise. And then just as we're getting to the end here, I like, uh, um, in fact, I don't even remember who said this, but I wrote this down about the Lord's Prayer. It says, the fatherhood of God and his loving care for his children, the holiness of God, he is holy and sanctified for us. The kingdom of God, his reign over all life. The will of God, his per perfect plan for us. The provision of God and from temptation and from Satan's power. Then the reality of his kingdom, his power and his glory. So that's another way. And there's so many ways as I didn't realize until I began to read it to get books on prayer and some books were wonderful and some were not. Uh, but I, I forget, I, I can't remember. It's 1500 books on prayer and 600 on warfare or the other way around. But anyway, I got a ton of books on prayer because if I want to be a prayer person and realize that I really need to be, I needed to walk with men of prayer, godly men in the past, Andrew Murray, these wonderful men in the past that had, a wonderful prayer life, and they encouraged me uh, that the only thing hindering me from having an intimate prayer life 
with me. Setting aside some time. Following a schedule. Using the Lord's Prayer. That's a good place to start. Use it as your schedule. Father, I pray that if people are watching and have been like me, that realize that, yeah, I, I'm not really a man or a woman of prayer, and I really should be. Lord, we pray you'd use the simple uh, teaching that was given to strengthen their hearts and encourage them to begin to become more serious about developing an intimate relationship with you. Because, Father, you've been in the secret place waiting for us. And how long has the Lord been waiting for you? Amen. Thank you.